Happy New Year. As we look forward to what's next, it feels like every creator is either advocating for or just trying to understand NFTs. I just bought my very first NFT in the last 24 hours. It wasn't a one-click process. However, I finally feel a part of the future. Thanks for listening to The Idea Fountain. I'm Julie Pilot, and we are continuing our series, Championing Creators, into 2022. To me, nothing is more important. Follow at The Idea Fountain on Instagram or check out juliepilot.co for more and enjoy our first of probably a few conversations on NFTs with Joel Day from Asia and Rock Gods. I-D-A. F-O-U-N-E-A-I-N This is the Idea Fountain. Life-changing conversations. So, Joel, I'm so excited to talk to you about NFTs today. I think it's going to be the first of a few conversations that we have on the Idea Fountain. And it was so funny Right before Omnicron took fire, I went to a holiday party for one of the biggest DJ agencies in the US. And there were all these mixers and DJs and music industry people. And throughout the night, I think probably six different times, people came up and were talking to me. And after we got through the niceties of, oh, how have you been? What have you been up to? Or, oh, nice to meet you. The question was, so, what do you think of NFTs? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely going to be the theme for 2022. Um, you're one of my go-to people I like talking to about decentralized finance and NFTs. I want to go through a bunch of the terms for people who aren't deep into it. But, but first, do you mind just giving like a little informal bio? Because I don't even know your entire story of how you got here. We probably met a year ago and you were already really deep into tech and doing some non-traditional ventures. Yeah, sure. So uh, I started out, uh, funnily enough, after school, I went to, or after high school, I went to, to, to college for, for what was a brand new degree or university in Australia, what was a brand new degree at the time called multimedia, uh, which was kind of a catch-all degree. Um, and I also did an information technology certificate. Um, so back through my schooling days, I was, I was a little bit all over the place as well, but um, multimedia kind of covered um, some tech stuff. It's covered some graphic design, it covered some animation, it covered some film. It was kind of a little bit of everything while they were figuring out what was kind of happening uh, in the space that was actually in in quite a bit of flux at the time as well, uh, which is uh, mirroring a little bit what's happening now in the in the tech space, funnily enough. But from there, I uh, uh, went through um, school and started traveling and, and uh, traveled for a while and, and uh, ended up um, finding myself in Canada. And, and from from there, had a family and and uh, moved into uh, graphic design and and went through quite a quite a few number of jobs before finding myself uh, in the tech industry uh, in the mid 2015s, somewhere around there, um, and jumped into a uh, a tech company doing a social platform for children 
Um, from there, uh, unfortunately, that company went under after a, a couple of years. It was like a lot of, well, a lot of companies in general, but a lot of tech companies, just bad timing, unfortunately. Um, and uh, But met uh, some amazing people from working there and went out uh, on my own. And then with uh, a couple of partners, actually, Jace, who used to work, work at that company as well, um, we started up a... a, a company called J3, where we were helping um, new startups uh, raise fun funding um, as, as they were trying to break into the tech uh, industry. Uh, and we've, we kind of spent really the the entire time of the pandemic. Um, we, we came into that just, just at the time of the pandemic, and it really, in a way, kind of worked a little bit it feels awful to say, but a little bit well for us because we're we're in a, a town called Kelowna up in BC, Canada, and we most of our clients we were working with were all over the US, and it became much easier working with companies throughout the US once everyone got used to using Zoom and 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 dealing with each other through through these new technology tools. So we were helping a lot of startups in that way, and that that's where we we really started going down the path of working um, with uh, cryptocurrency focused. Um, companies and uh, and and Web three focused companies and and we worked with a, with quite a few who who ended up uh, raising quite a bit and have gone on to to much bigger things um, already and that led us down the path of uh, running with a few ideas that we had percolating ourselves and had never really found a way to uh, turn it into a company and Web three seemed like the perfect way for us to jump in and that's what. Jason and I ended up going out on ourselves and creating a company called Asia, uh, that, and that's where we're at now. We're building Asia um, right now. We just finished a, a, an accelerator called Cello Camp that we got through. Um, we're currently building that platform, and we can chat more about that, that later, but that's kind of maybe a little bit of a long, long way around of, of how I got to where I am now. No, I think it's fascinating, especially when everything we're doing has never been done before. We're at such a transitional moment in history. I'll never forget, I think similarly, I don't think I've ever told this story on the Idea Fountain before. So years ago, like around 2007, 2008, I started going to South by Southwest Digital instead of South by Southwest Music because I figured every band that plays South by Southwest comes to LA anyways. But as social media was evolving, I knew I could learn so much at digital. So I was attending panels when Twitter was first starting. I discovered Instagram at South by Southwest. And I'll never forget, planning out my weekend and marking all the different uh, talks I wanted to go to. And there was one in particular I was so excited about. And the morning came, I got a fantastic spot, the panel started, and I wasn't really connecting with it. The information wasn't resonating. I didn't feel like I was learning anything. And I was a little disappointed because I had looked forward to this panel so much. And over on the side, there was like a little tag board that had all the panelists' names and the hashtag for the panel up. And I started plotting what I was going to go to next and when I might be able to get out of my role because I thought my row because I thought this panel was just useless. And it was winding down, and people started lining up for questions. And the first person that walked up to the mic said, First of all, 
I have to thank you. This is by far the most entertaining, fascinating, informative panel in all of South by Southwest. And I looked around, I was like, are we at the same place? <laughs> he said, the fact that the panelists could engage in a conversation in the room while connecting to people and answering questions on the hashtag was unbelievable. And all of a sudden in that moment, I realized for the first time ever that while the panel was happening, everybody was tweeting sidebar conversations. And even though I was in the same room, people were living in a different universe. Yeah. Right. And it completely blew my mind. And I feel like we're in this moment in tech right now where there are a lot of people living life traditional ways, trying to buy and sell stocks, get a raise at work, put some money in their savings. And there's this entire world, whether it's opportunity or money laundering or a pyramid scheme that's happening. <laughs> and I just wanna dig into it a little bit more with you today because I know you know a lot of fundamentals. So, you know, just top line for people that don't even understand some of these terms, what is Web3? Uh, so Web3 is basically uh, the internet decentralized, um, for lack of a better term. Um, so uh, it's it's Web3 is all of the platforms that are coming in. Uh, there will be no central organization of those platforms. Um, uh, and central organization is like the World Bank, the more traditional governed entities, right? Correct, yeah. And so decentralize yeah. has no boundaries or regulation. Correct. Yeah. And, and so you're talking, so all of the existing uh, companies in the web space now, funnily enough, are called web two companies. So you're talking your traditional, traditional at this point companies and even your, your social platforms like Facebook and Twitter and all of those. But um, all of the benefit of those is going back to those central uh, corporate structures, whereas Web3 is designed to be decentralized in that way where it's for the benefit of everyone who's using the platforms. How about blockchain? So blockchain is, is really what's facilitating um, Web3. Uh, blockchain is, is uh, the ledger that's used to facilitate all of those transactions. Um, and there's obviously a lot of different uh, blockchains uh, out there. Um, the two most famous ones, I guess, at this point are, are Bitcoin and Ethereum um, that people may, may have heard of. Um, but there is hundreds and thousands and uh, however many else out there now at this point, and they, they do, every one of them functions um, in slightly different ways. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of it at a quick high level. You mentioned Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, I, I have an understanding that those aren't great for the environment. And you also mentioned that you went to a cello accelerator, which is an alternative currency that potentially is good for the environment is that right correct yes yeah. so so what it is 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 so cello is a blockchain but then the everything is is related to the blockchain but the currencies are built on top of the blockchain and some of them so when we come go into the nfts uh depending on the blockchain they can house nfts as as well as, as currencies but it's really the way they store the information um uh 
Uh, and then with regards to, because there is a, a lot of concern, I guess, uh, out in the market around the, the energy used, um, especially with with the first, the, the bigger like Bitcoin and Ethereum, they're, they're proof of work, um, proof of work focused blockchains, which is just the way they really, um, uh, the way that they work there, I'm trying to think of the easiest way to put this to, to make it uh maybe the simple. way it's, but it, it's it, way verify or no yes verify sorry that's the word that's the word i'm looking for it's it's really the way they verify transactions so proof of work requires a lot of computer power to verify the transactions most of or a lot of the new blockchains are coming out um and seller was one of those uh called uh, and they use proof of stake as a way to verify and that is um people within the system can stake their funds and those are used really as for lack of a better term, voting rights um, that uh, are, are a way to verify transactions that happen uh, within the system. The benefits of proof of stake is it's much, much quicker and the fees are much, much less. And because you're not needing uh, exorbitant computing power, uh, the environmental uh, issues are not really there at all. Um, there's benefits and pluses and minuses to both. Um, but um, most chains really now are focused on the proof of stake. Um, and even Ethereum is actually moving to ETH2 is moving to proof of stake at some point this year. I feel like in my realm of awareness, really 2018, 2019 is when maybe my peers or my social group started heating up talking about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and um, Ethereum. And I remember hearing being in Silicon Valley at Apple and hearing about people that had been mining for Bitcoin for a decade. And that was when it first really came into my awareness. And then last year, well, now it's 2022, but in 2020, there was a month where NFTs went through the roof specifically in music. And there were like three main events that happened. One was Grimes released an NFT. Mm -hmm. Steve Aoki did that went for like a million dollars. Kings of yep. Leon did their album and Mike Shinoda did something all in yep. one week. And that ever since has been, everybody has been focused on NFTs. So general NFT definition and background. Yeah. So uh, NFT is just non-fungible token. It's basically uh, a way that the blockchain stores uh, the information on a specific piece of, most people know NFTs as uh, digital artworks right now. They seem to be the most famous version of what M NFTs are, but they can really be anything, a piece of music, a video, a, um, any sort of file that um, you uh, have specific traits for, a specific um, want to assign a specific uh, rarity to, um, it could be a one of one and, and uh, it's stored on the blockchain um, uh, uh, in that way. It's so interesting, right? Why do you think music has been a sweet spot for NFTs? Or, I mean, you know, honest question, is it? Is it just because I'm in music and maybe sports car collectors have car NFTs I don't know about? Uh, I I think I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think it's probably a little bit that you're in music because if I'm being 
honest, the ones who the the big ones that you've heard about are really those those four that you mentioned are the big ones. And then there is there's there's quite a few um, smaller or artists that you may not have even heard of that literally came up through the NFT space and and have only um, uh, they've, they've made all of their funds through that space right now. But that's still a little bit limited. I would almost say that 2022 is going to be the year of the music NFT. I think it's really just starting. Uh, to bubble up, but there's a, a lot of platforms that are coming through uh, on the blockchain side that are really focused on on music and music NFTs and and in in a wide variety of ranges from streaming platforms to to platforms that allow artists to offer their uh, uh, songs and and offer royalties to their fans through streaming royalties and and being able to offer um, their fans um, uh, buying into basically the record production of things like there's there's it's coming from kind of every direction and uh, and it'll be interesting to kind of see which which way kind of, which way um, uh, really starts to bring it into the mainstream because I think in the grand scheme uh, none of this is really in the mainstream yet it's still a, a, a fairly niche market when you when you actually see the numbers besides the dollar figures, because the dollar figures are exorbitant, um, especially it's just taking off again in the last few days, it kind of slowed down a little bit in the, in the, at the end of last year, but NFTs are, are I think the last three days, uh, um, OpenSea has done their most trading volume uh, in three days that they did in the entire month of December. Um, so it's it's really starting to take off and go crazy again. But I think in the grand scheme, like most of the money has gone towards the uh, whether it's the PFP, which is the profile picture type um, drops. You're talking about like Board Ape Yacht Club and those ones that people may have heard of, um, and then these giant one of one or very famous artists who come in, and then there's been like these one-off massive sales like Beeple and 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 people like that. And then you've got your, your legacy artists who've come in and are testing the waters and those ones have kind of done really well. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes as, as more artists start to jump in and especially not necessarily legacy artists and stuff, but as more up and coming artists start to jump into the waters and test out, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, which way it goes. And, and as they kind of bring their fan bases in, um, it's going to be interesting to see how it kind of adjusts and changes the music business moving forward. But I, I think the music NFT space is going to be very big this year. Well, I want to talk to you more too about NFTs also being a gateway for access and what you're doing with Asia and rock gods. But first I have to ask you, I am by nature such a rule follower. I hate to admit it, but I'm not really a person that jaywalks without feeling uncomfortable. And it blows my mind sometimes when we start talking about Web3 or blockchain or, you know, decentralized finance that, you know, potentially this could be a whole new revenue for artists or a new avenue for artists to get out of contracts and do different kind of deals. And when you look at the banking system, I just my gut it makes me feel a little sick to my stomach thinking about the lack of regulation or what could happen to the economy and it's really funny because when we talk about centralized finance or we talk about fang i like to say you know that's happened in our lifetime and 
they're nowhere near regulating all the big tech companies. Like when you're looking at Facebook and Google and Amazon, and that's in our entire lifetime, let alone something that's popped up in the last few years. And it was funny, right as I kind of got a little bit of a masterclass on all of this, I ended up at a dinner and I was sitting next to a president of a bank. And I leaned in and I was like, does this make you lose sleep at night, every night? And she said, no, because we have much bigger issues to worry about with, you know, <laughs> governance. Like, you know, I didn't know cannabis shops in the US were unbanked because it's not legal federally. Mm. Um, so, I mean, what is your gut on what is gonna happen from a rules, regulation, economy standpoint, how long? I mean, that's a really big question I'm asking you to predict the future. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. It's gonna be really interesting to see what happens and especially, I think there'll be much more of a focus on it as it becomes much more of a focus outside of really the niche area it is right now. Like you're seeing countries take on Bitcoin as their official, uh, their official currency. Um, I think, uh, personally, I think that's what you may end up seeing, um, is, well, you even see Jack stepping away from Twitter to focus purely on his Bitcoin play and what, and what they're building up. And I, and I can see the, uh, the different blockchains kind of going a little bit more of a traditional route. And to me, I could see Bitcoin becoming more of like your um us dollar uh comparison like your your treasury um the gold standard that'll be used for people to um uh balance their their or um yeah balance their their cost or coin against um and then the proof of stake doing the a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff but on the regulation side i think it may end up coming a little bit sooner i think the place to look is europe too they send they tend to be a lot quicker uh onto a lot of these things where there's already some regulations around um and uh, around what you can and can't do and whether there's a whole bunch of stuff with regards to having a custodial wallet or non-custodial wallet once you really get down into the weeds and and there's um and basically it, it just super quick it's whether um the 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 platform you're using actually um, holds the keys or the the control of the wallet that you have or whether they put that off to to you or to someone else um, there's a lot of different ways that you can hold crypt cryptocurrency um, but there's already stuff coming in within europe and whether um, if you have a custodial wallet then does that actually make you a fine you you need to fit within the financial um, guidelines, the financial regulations, um, you need to be a bank. So over there, I think a lot of the banks are actually starting to um, get into the cryptocurrency game because they already have uh, the financial, uh, they already meet the financial regulations. So they're seeing that they're kind of melding those traditional worlds and, and the new world together. So I think I think you're going to see a lot of those larger companies start to move into and take over the cryptocurrency space. And just jumping back to what you were talking about with with the music side and people walking away from contracts and and how the, all of that is going to function too. I think um, that there's the other side of it where a lot of the big companies are coming in and what they can do to actually 
come back and take control on what they can offer with regards to NFTs and who artists can work with and who they don't. And so um, it'll, it's going to be an interesting probably few years because um, for sure, I don't think there's going to be any major regulations passed this year, but I think it'll really start to get focused on and talked about at a minimum a lot more. Hmm. Okay, so I want to talk about Asia and rock gods. And before we wrap, I also want to, you mentioned the wallet a few times, right? I want to walk through how somebody just gets started in the space. Because again, I had an experience where it was much harder than I thought it was going to be to give mm -hmm. people the money. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, I really like... Uh, early on in our conversations, you were one of the people that kind of shone a light on the idea that if you get an NFT, it could almost serve as like a membership or yep. at least access to premium experiences or the opportunity to buy physical items or be in a club like you and I were talking about the Pearl Gem 10 Club, right? Yep. Like an NFT could be like not only a digital asset, but your ticket into that. Will you explain a little bit about your dream for Asia? Yeah, so that's what we're looking at building with Asia is where we're looking at building, there's so much talk around, and we didn't even touch on this at all yet, but there's so much talk about the metaverse and everyone moving their stuff online. And that's what a lot of the projects coming out of focused on in the NFT space and stuff like now is, is token gated access to, to metaverse type stuff. But what we're doing with Asia um, is actually melding this new Web3 world with, with our physical world and, and helping, it, helping facilitate um, even better uh, live experiences um, and how we see it. So Azure is a, a Web3 smart ticketing and collectible platform. And, and one of the big things I've seen out there all the time and one of the reasons we jumped in and started trying to make this is People even hear about NFTs and you see this all, all the time too. There's so many projects just dropping out all over the place now, but they're not, they're either get rich quick schemes or um, you, there's a whole bunch of words that we can go into when we touch on the wallets and stuff like that, but, but ruggings and stuff like that with, with uh, these people who drop these projects and then they they just walk away with the cash and that's it. They're all gone. Um, and we saw, even even some of the original people just jumping into the NFT space, they, they weren't doing anything inherently bad in that way, but it was really just dropping this piece of art and that was it. There was nothing else to it. And there was so much more that could be done um, with this. And and I can still see it even now, like with, with what there's been quite a few movies and, and movie studios and stuff released, like the collectibles that go along with, uh, that people can go on and buy, but they're not actually Experience. They're not actually creating this this larger experience around what they're doing. It's just this other piece of merchandise that they're just dropping along with the film. So it's not it's not really making it bigger and better for their audience. It's just another way for them to make money right now. And that's what we want to change with Asia um, is really making sure that it's expanding and bettering that experience both for artists and for the fans. So for us, that's why it's a ticketing and collectible uh platform so on the ticketing side <clears throat> we'll be issuing and for us the focus is is and that's i how we started talking about the the 10 club and and other uh 
really famous artist fan clubs like that is we see it as a way as, as working with whether it's young artists or legacy artists and really helping facilitate their fan clubs in that way to begin with um, as a way you could have your NFT as your membership token, but that membership token could then also be used for access to pre-sales to your ticketing events. You could be issued NFT tickets, which you can then house on your phone. Um, part of the reason we're with Cello is it's a mobile first um, uh, blockchain platform and we're obviously building for mobile first knowing that we want to have in-person live experiences. Um, so you'll be able to take your ticket and go through and, and scan it as you're entering in the event, but the artist will actually be able to offer um, all sorts of experience related to and around that event as part of that. So we may have a certain amount of um, access to the um, the the warm up the the uh, the artist sound check. So yeah, so for for sound check, like a certain amount of um, fans once they've bought their NFT ticket, it can be programmed into the ticket that they'll get notice like two hours before the show that sound check's happening. We're going to live stream this to you right now. Um, as they go into the show, uh, you could scan your ticket and be automatically upgraded to a meet and greet. And all of this can be pre-programmed into the tickets, but it can be offered to the fan as this surprise and delight um, extra added bonus. Uh, you could um, program in specifically um, merch as they enter the event and all of that sort of stuff they can go pick up. Um, as well as for us, the biggest thing too is expanding the live experience to not just the night, but half of half of going to a show is telling people about it afterwards is the water cooler experience is about reliving it that's why everyone's standing there and holding their phones up nowadays at shows instead of actually just taking it in well if we can offer those sorts of um collectibles that can get dropped to them afterwards um it's really expanding that experience and allowing you to keep talking about it and keep reliving it as well so everyone goes in i have posters all over my wall from from uh, shows that I've been to, um, but uh, you could go to, well, let's use Pearl Jam for instance, since we've been talking about 10 Club, but you could go into a show. Um, they could offer a certain amount of collectibles, NFT collectibles that could be uh, one of one set list from the show that would be a digital collectible or um, one of their bootleg songs from that show. Um, it could be fan generated artwork from the show and just certain rarity values could be assigned to those. And then those are airdrops to the ticket holders uh, after the show. So they don't actually get them during the show. We want them to experience the show. And then after the show, they get these um, experiences airdropped to their phones after. And then they can choose to sell them if they want to. They might be these incredible things that they want to, to pass on to someone else or, or sell and potentially um, make income from. And the artist, it's another revenue stream for the artists as well that they currently don't get and now they have control over um, or it gives the fans just this whole wall of um, now art and added experiences that they can enjoy um, post show and so uh, yeah that's that's kind of what we're thinking of for Asia right now, or what we're actually building with Asia right now and uh, we are looking at uh, being in market uh, in the first quarter of this year so we're we're running really quick on all of that right now. So if people wants if people want to follow your trajectory with Asia or if an artist actually wants to collaborate with you, will you um, let them know how it's spelled and what the name is derived from? Yes, so the name is Asia. It's pronounced like the continent, but it's A I J I A. 
and you can visit our website at aijia.fan um, or on Twitter, which um, if you're at all interested in the Web3 space or NFTs, uh, really right now, Twitter or Discord are the two places to be. Um, so uh, on Twitter, we're Asia Fan as well. Uh, you can jump on there and you can DM uh, myself or my co-founder, Jace, uh, directly through there and ask us any questions you want as well, or you, you'll probably see us in Twitter spaces quite often. Um, and uh, honestly, the name just came from... Uh, we were searching for a name that was uh, just short and punchy. Um, and for us, uh, the name came from, we were searching for things and Jace came across um, an old Chinese proverb that just meant from uh, going from one place to another. And it just felt like a tour for us. And then it fit with when we actually designed the logo. Uh, if you look at our logo, uh, and you might not have gotten this on first look, but it actually looks like a crowd when you just look at it from the distance. So we, we kind of designed it specifically that way and it just felt it just felt right for us. That's awesome. And now talk about the evolution into what you're doing with Rock Gods. Yeah, so as part of, so we um, we got through our accelerator, our accelerator in, at Cello Camp with, with Asia. Um, we're currently building, it takes, uh, like with any technology platform, it takes time to actually uh, code and build. Um, and because it was going to take us three to six months to build, we didn't want to sit and wait while uh, that was happening. Um, so for us, we wanted to jump into the NFT space on the other side. So we uh, created um, what I guess nowadays or what I've been calling a traditional NFT drop, even though it's only been around for less than a year or just on a year. Um, but it's a, a PFP drop of, uh, which is profile picture. It's 9,999, uh, generated artworks that we have created that we're doing a drop of. You can check them. You can check us out at rockgodnft.com. Um, and with those, uh, so we'll be starting our sale in a week or two, um, and, uh, so for those, we had all of the artwork designed by a, a DC comic legend uh john delaney he did, did all of the artwork for us um it was it's all laid together and then it all gets generated so every single piece is 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 has a different rarity value every single piece is different um as you purchase those um it will come with ongoing and added utility both through asia so when asia launches anyone who owns a rock god will be dropping a corresponding token onto the asia platform so anyone who has that uh token or nft once they get onto the asia platform will have um lifetime pre-sale access to any shows we end up hosting through the asia platform um uh as long as they have that token and then we actually have uh, a whole bunch of extra added incentives in the short term um, from some other very cool artists, uh, including uh, Cool Kojak, who, who I believe you know, um, uh, who's dropping some some extra artwork for us once we hit certain uh, sellout points. And, and um, yeah, so we're, we're super excited about it. You can come jump into our Discord and we've got a whole bunch of actually, if you're looking at even just learning about NFTs, uh, we have an education channel in our Discord on NFTs, so you can go through and, and read a whole bunch of stuff, and we're beefing that up all of the time. Um, everyone who we seem to be dealing with is all very new to NFTs, um, which is which has been interesting and, and fun, but in the grand scheme, really, most of us are, even if you've only 
most of it's only been around for a year. So even the people who feel like they've been in it forever, they've only been in it for a year. So everyone's pretty new in the grand scheme. Um, but the, the good thing about the space, especially at this time is, is everyone's still pretty, uh, friendly and pretty good about helping each other out. So, uh, yeah, if you are interested in, in learning, whether it's through Discord or just jumping into Twitter spaces and, and different places like that, and, and don't be afraid to, to jump up on stage in Twitter spaces and ask questions or um, uh, message people through through different Discords, everyone's pretty open and willing to help. Yeah, I will say I did look at, I don't know if it was on your site or if it was in a Twitter thread, but your guide to how to... I guess it was how to buy an NFT or how to create a wallet, right? From uh, Coinbase, is that right? Coin, no, Coinbase, yeah, Coin. Uh, it's <laughs> we've done it. We've done a few. Yeah, for for if it was specific to our rock god, it would have been through MetaMask. And then if yeah. it was yeah outside of that, we I know we've done a few others and and just creating a wallet through Coinbase or or through many many of the others. I got lost for a second because I said Coinbase and my brain is fried from the day and I started thinking of, I think it's called Coinstar in the US, the thing that like collects your change at the grocery store, but it's Coinbase. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I had mentioned to you that I had an experience where I guess it was March 2021, everything with in the pandemic is a blur. So I was thinking that NFT Music Blitz was two years ago, but it was last year. And, um, you know, because I'm such a champion of creatives and advocate for artists, I wanted to go through the process to see if I could buy an NFT. And of all the artists we named, I had a desire to support Mike Shinoda the most. And so I thought, oh, let me get a hundred bucks of Ethereum and see what I could do. And first of all, I was surprised at the time, like how difficult it was to get the Ethereum. Like, I don't even remember what phase one was to purchase it, but then it landed in MetaMask. And again, the like, I don't want to say threats, but the like, you know, let's do a password, the length of the alphabet, you know, write it down. You're never going to see it again. You can't recover it. Like to get your MetaMask wallet was a little bit intimidating. And then by the time I went to actually try to support Mike Shinoda, he had one single that was divided up into like six different pieces of digital art. And they were going for like 1200 bucks each. And I was like, <laughs> 1200 bucks each i mean it was to, to support his charity so i'm sure like some hardcore fans just got in there so i didn't even know what to do with my money now cool thing is that ethereum at times has doubled and tripled in the last year so it's just been sitting in my wallet but it, it just doesn't feel like it's an easy process even if you want to go and buy something there. no it's uh, yeah yeah to be perfect, it's terrifying. Um, and, and that's one of the big issues in in all of this right now still and why I, why I think it's a very niche market. But that's the other big thing that we'll, I think we'll see a lot more of this year is simplifying it. And that's something we're definitely very focused on with Asia as we launch that platform is you need to be able to use the platform as you would any other 
uh, app on your phone and not have to be concerned or not even necessarily need, if you don't care and you don't need to know that you're on a blockchain, you don't need to know. Um, Cause right now, yes, a hundred percent, it is, it can be terrifying. <laughs> um, but uh, unfortunately, um, right at this time, that's some of the only ways you can do it. So most of the, most of the, once again, traditional uh, NFT type drops right now and using OpenSea, you're basically required to use a MetaMask wallet. And so you do need to make sure you keep your um, your passphrase and, and all of that sort of stuff somewhere safe. Keep it in multiple spots when you set up your, your MetaMask because that is the one issue. If you do lose that sort of login information, um, and you get locked out, you won't necessarily be able to get it back. MetaMask has definitely simplified since I'm when even like since you would have set it up back in, I think it would have been March or April around when when all of that music stuff was happening. But um, it's a it's a little bit simpler now. It is just a passcode and stuff, but you still need your phrase key and all of that sort of stuff to be saved. And if you do get completely locked out or you lose access, you would need to, to, or you change computers and stuff like that. You need to know that sort of stuff to, to get relinked back up to it. And then the other thing you need to be very careful of, especially, um, especially if you're using ETH, um, which once again, going through OpenSea, a lot of the stuff still, most of the stuff still is, is focused on ETH right now. Got to be very careful of gas fees. And especially since to your point of ETH going up, uh, quite considerably this year, so of gas fees. So gas fees are basically the fees that go to the miners um, uh, on the proof of work network. So they is it's what gets paid to the miners and it fluctuates quite wildly depending on how busy the network is at the time. So if there's a big NFT drop that's going public and there's a big rush, you'll hear the word gas wars used a lot, but it's it can be, it can be two, three times the amount of the the price of what you're actually trying to purchase at times, or it could be as low as like $20, $30 sometimes. So it really fluctuates um, wildly. And depending on what it is you want to jump in on, it can go a little crazy. Like the the Adidas airdrop that happened just a few weeks ago, the gas went just completely insane. It was over $1,000 or so at, at times um, when that drop was happening, just, just on gas alone, let alone the cost of getting in. Is there a strategy to jumping in at a reasonable gas fee. I mean, yeah, I feel like we're like gaming the algorithm on when to post on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit. So with us, with what, with what we're doing with rock God. So we've been, we're actually doing what, what we called our OG whitelist sale today, which we're, we're just doing over a 24 hour period with a small amount of people, but it's a way for us to test. So part of it is it, does somewhat depend on the developers of the project and there's ways that they can make sure that the contract that's built um, um, uses as minimal computing power as possible as well. That's uh, a very simplified way of putting it, but to, to help uh, lessen gas costs. But outside of that, um, there is definitely times of day or if there's other, you can look at if you don't necessarily have to mint something uh, immediately, like if something's available, like what we're doing, where you've got 24 hours and there's no issue with it selling out. So I've got 24 hours to come in because I know I'm guaranteed to get one. Well, then I can wait. And there's like in our Discord server, we have some bots set up where you can just check the gas price every now and then. We've just been letting people know, hey, gas seems to be really low right now. Go jump in and, and buy now if you're looking to purchase. Um, 
there's some things to do like that that um that really help on that sort of stuff if it's a if it's a large sale that's just happening and there's a chance of it selling out you it it just is what it is you have to either be willing to pay the gas or not well joel i still feel like my head's gonna explode a little bit but it's a little bit less than before we started this conversation <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for jumping on to the first idea fountain uh, nft 101 conversation with me anything else you want to let people know about before we wrap up no i just really appreciate the time um would love people to go check out asia.fan and rock god nft but outside of that i really appreciate it and thanks for having me I think this is slowly going to start getting easier. Crypto, blockchain, NFTs, I definitely feel like I have more clarity after speaking to Joel. Thanks again for listening to the Idea Fountain. I'm Julie Pilot. You should sign up for our email. You can do so at juliepilot.co. That's J-U-L-I-E-P-I-L-A-T dot co uh, or on Instagram at the link in bio to stay in touch on all the conversations and uh, don't forget to follow us and hit me up if there's any way we can support you. This entire season as we head into the fifth year of the Idea Fountain is about championing creatives and I'm so excited you're here with us.